Hello and welcome back to whatever this podcast is. Let me check my notes real quick. Oh, it's Monsters Among Men, or as I like to call it last week, it's the Ma'am Podcast. I am one half of the Ma'am of Monsters Among Men. I am David B, and this is me figuring out what the interest should be. Fuck it. I hope you guys enjoy it. That's the first curse word of the day, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for listening with small children. I'll try to keep that to a minimum. I am, of course, David B. I am a full-time musician. I am a composer. And I am, I'd like to think, a good friend to my co-host, the man with the most. He is the most monstrous amongst all the men. Mike. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing quite well. A lot of shit's going on in the world, and I am having some personal issues on the side. But hey, I'm going to work on it this week. Yes, uh, same. I, I mean, my personal issues, luckily, have been this week has been kept to minimum. Um, I have been uh surprisingly low energy this week. I don't know why. It's just one of those weeks where it's like you try to find motivation to do the stuff you need to do, but it's just like, uh, like it, everything feels like a chore. Even getting up feels like a chore. I don't know, but uh, I mean I'm alright. I'm sorry about what you're going through, bud. Hopefully, some some good old kaiju uh goodness will uh, help alleviate some of that today. Speaking of kaiju goodness, Mike. Tell the good folks what uh what's on the dock today. On the dock is hold on, I was looking up something here. Hold on, let me go back. Uh Ugh. so from So So here's the scoop folks. 2002. You remember 2002? Oh my god, I vaguely remember it. How old was I in 2002? I was I think I was uh 14, 13, 14, so I was like what, 7th, 8th grade? Uh most of middle school I blocked out of my memory cuz uh it was not a good time for me. I was mercilessly bullied and uh I discovered I needed glasses and I got braces. So, uh, yeah, not many fun memories from middle school. So I don't remember it that much. That's so sad. That's depressing. <laughs> what? Yeah, whatever. Um, what do I remember? I remember the internet being recently born. I remember uh, I got a computer, like a legit computer, and I was playing a lot of like uh, Flash games on it for all us old folks who know what that's referencing. I remember discovering uh, girls. I remember uh, Lincoln Park around this time. Mike, I'm drowning here. No, it's good. Uh, it's <laughs> just just uh, think back to those glory days of the early 2000s. What we got here is Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla. Mm. It's also it's, it's also got alternative titles. That's got in Japan. It's actually called Godzilla X Mecha Godzilla. And if you want to keep it short, you can actually call it uh, G-A-M-G. G-A-M-G. Gamg? Gamg? That's how I'm saying it. Gamg. This is kind of hard to say. Gamg. 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 Unless, unless, unless we officially say the G is silent, so just gam, which is easier to say. True. So I have taken us on this path of the timeline within the franchise because instead of the typical, you know, uh, standalone entry of the Godzilla franchise, you know, in this era, because there's there's a couple of them in this era. What was decided upon with Godzilla against Mechagodzilla is that uh, they just ignore all the previous entries. Uh, this is weird thinking about it for 2002, because nowadays you hear these sequels ignoring the the previous sequels and just doing a direct sequel to the first film. Mm-hmm. So. For Japan and Toho, they're just being really innovative. Yeah, I, when you mentioned this to me about uh, essentially, there's like I don't remember 
reading about this somewhere along too, where there's alternate timelines for the Godzilla film franchise. So there's like the direct sequels, which like literally direct sequels out of the original Godzilla that we watched in 1954 Godzilla. And then it's like, I guess you can call it a reboot sequel. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's almost in the same way, in the same way how like, um, correct me about the year because my years are getting together it's like 2018's halloween is a sequel soft it's like a reboot sequel to the original halloween but yeah it's 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 kind of in the same vein right how that movie was Mm -hmm. like a reboot slash sequel from the original one it's kind of like how this movie is it's a reboot slash sequel to the original film i'm would you like to know anything else about the film or do you just want to hop right into the film this this is let's just stomp and roar our way right into it that was that was disgusting what I just did. I apologize to the listeners for uh, trying to make that dad joke. I'm not even a dad. <laughs> Let's just start the film. Listen, kid. There are two things you don't know about the Earth. One is me, and the other is Godzilla. And we're back. We just finished Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, and uh, gotta be honest, folks. I don't know what to make of it just yet. I'm still kind of processing it. It's we, me and Mike just finished watching it. Everything. Um, so I'm gonna throw it over to Mike first <laughs> to give me time <laughs> to process everything I just saw. But uh, Mike, uh, immediate thoughts. Uh, did you like it? Did you not like it? What stood out? What are what are the first things that come? to mind after finishing Godzilla versus Mega Godzilla. Yes, Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla or Godzilla X Mecha Godzilla. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, schematics, technicalities, whatever. Yes, whatever, but I like to do that. I like to correct. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. That's why you're here to correct me. I like to correct and make things right. Um no this film like I for a reboot film, it connects to the original film uh, quite well, which takes place in 99 and between 99 and 2003. So it's like 45 years after the original movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, a new Godzilla pops up, mm-hmm. a brand new one. And it's just, there's just like a species of like Godzilla's just coming out of the water, just fucking up Tokyo as usual. And the only solution that uh, Japan and the defense, you know, force there is hey we got the bones from godzilla those are still surviving in the water which i when they show the footage from the original film they kind of like enhance it a bit with some cgi which is very noticeable at the time Mm -hmm. just like cgi bubbles and all that stuff just to Mm -hmm. say oh the because i remember in the original film i think the bones were like disintegrated because the uh oxygen destroyer yeah, in the original, from what I remember, it's like the water bubbles a lot, and it, it does like it does. They did the exact same thing with the fish, the fishes in the tank scene. It just kind of like fades into got them just being bones, and the Godzilla's you just kind of see just Godzilla just kind of like 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 thrashing around, and then just kind of like a quick fade, and he's just bone in the original. But in uh, in, in this movie, uh, they kind of show him actually disintegrating, right? Almost to like 
almost like it's like he becomes particles and the particles just kind of like like flesh off of his bones and stuff so yeah yeah that yeah. the cg the cgi is very is very noticeable but at the same time it's kind of like it's the time that it was made in 2002 which mm-hmm. the cgi was better but it, it wasn't what it is today either so but yeah the cgi cool. just just does stand out yeah it's you see it in some parts but otherwise it's very much practical with like mm-hmm. I mentioned beforehand, was like the suit mation. So there's still guys in suits, and yes, that Mechagodzilla suit is very much a guy in a suit. So it looks very robotic, but yet it's so fluid with motion. So, but yeah, so they take the bones from the original Godzilla, and uh, one of the uh, scientists there, they he took uh, DNA and transformed into like a cyborg creature. So he's like, oh, he's on board for this project, and takes Godzilla's bones and DNA and makes a robot out of it, which mm. is Mechagodzilla, which I thought was, you know, because as we get into the older Mechagodzilla films, there's going to be different uh, origins of Mechagodzilla. This is one way they show it, and it makes sense because it's a direct sequel to the first film. It's like, yeah, yeah, if you have bones from the original Godzilla, go for it. Make it into a, a robot to fight against another Godzilla which makes me question, like, I guess, I mean, I guess there is, like, more of them out and about, I guess. I don't know how that one popped out of nowhere. That doesn't explain much, but it's a Godzilla film. You don't really need to explain a hell of a lot, because it's supposed to be full of, like, destruction. Yeah, the movie definitely presents a lot of questions. It doesn't really give you a lot of answers. Like, uh, it's just a new Godzilla. That's pretty much it's just, like, oh, it's another... They call it Godzilla because they don't, I guess they don't have like a reference to what else to call it besides Godzilla. And they do bring up a, a couple of times. It's it's a new Godzilla. It's a new Godzilla. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, as, a, as the viewer, we're just supposed to assume like there's a civilization of Godzilla's somewhere out in the ocean. Just a new one happened to pop up 45 years later. And see, I think I remember they were showing off this like anti laser beam. They keep shooting at it. I guess they had that for a while or something. They built that all of a sudden just for Godzilla, yeah, I guess. No, they mentioned they use it they use it against the uh, gargantuan men. Is that what they're oh. called? Oh shit, you're right. Yes. Okay. That I yeah, that's the exposition they were trying to explain with the other films. Yeah, the gargantuans. Yeah, yeah the gar- okay. yeah, they explained this they build the the laser specifically for their gargantuan. Uh, okay, okay, they're that see I was like half paying attention to that point. It was just like because it's like, oh shit, they're introducing other films that we haven't seen yet. So Yeah. Uh, the okay. other films that technically don't exist in this new timeline, technically, right? It's a soft Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a reboot slash sequel. So yeah. yes, they reference those movies, but technically speaking, in this new timeline, it didn't happen, but it did happen. That's the part that threw me off. But any other yeah. other other thoughts currently? The, the, okay, let's, I'll, I'll mention about the humans because there's usually a human side of these movies you know the oh, human yeah. characters um, a majority of it is focused on a female character who uh, at first encounters Godzilla and she kills a, like a bunch of her uh, fellow troop she gets like flack for it later on when she gets called back to do duty against Godzilla and it's interesting her character is interesting because she's like a loner and she just says like sometimes i just wish i wasn't born you know and she's like oh, i don't know isolation just feels so good for me i guess i don't know she's she was cool she had some badass moments but i couldn't like i don't know if 
it, like no family like what happened to her family it just it, her character's backstory just didn't really you know explain much yeah it was essentially like the beginning of the film she's she's running the machine that has the maser laser right they call it the maser yeah. right yeah um she's the one operating it and kind of in charge of it godzilla is kind of like emerging from the water they're on this hillside this hill road and like she's trying to back up because godzilla is approaching and another car to me it, it depends on your interpreter too right but to me there was there was like there was her and her crew and their machine and there was a car and the people in the car kind of panicked and they backed up and then and then she's moving forward and they don't realize it so the car collides with her maser machine tank or whatever and it falls off the side of the cliff rolls around and then godzilla steps on the truck and essentially blowing it up and killing everybody right and then godzilla also eventually throws her her tank around and apparently the way the film shows it is like she's the only survivor out of that whole incident right everybody else pretty much died except her because she's at she's at the funeral right? yeah. they have like a like a memorial service and she's like the the only one there she gets a a demotion i guess or does she offer to be like i'll i'll do lower work that part was a little unclear she i believe in the plot synopsis or recap i think they said uh what was it give me a sec where was it uh oh she's transferred to a desk job i they transfer her yeah yep yep yeah she gets basically demoted to a desk job because it's safe they don't want her to be like killed in another accident or incident like that again yeah so yeah there's and that's the thing about the movie, I will say, it's it does present certain things and it makes it a little ambiguous. Like it's the it's the I don't know, it's the problem that I see other people have. I don't particularly have a problem with this, right? But usually when you talk about a Godzilla film, right? Everyone always says that the human element is the weakest part of the Godzilla film. Obviously, we're here for the giant kaiju fights and destruction, right? Mm-hmm. It's not it's not to say this storyline with the humans and stuff is weak, but it like the movie does kind of expect you to fill in the holes a lot where there's there's nothing inherently wrong with a movie trusting its audience to fill in the holes but at the same time sometimes i feel like the movie should do enough in the storyline to where it gives you enough material surrounding the world to where you can automatically fill in those holes like we're doing a lot of guessing like we don't know what happened to her family we assume we know but we really don't know uh there's mm-hmm. like the whole thing in the beginning was like the the her tank and then the car, and we're like, it happened like this. Well, I saw it happen like this. And that's kind of the thing that I, I feel like I'm, I'm struggling with the film is that the human element, the human storyline in particular, it, it, it kind of leaves out a lot of details. And looking at the film, the film's not long. It's like 90 minutes, 98 minutes in total with the, with the yep. credits and the post-credits scene. So it's not a long film. So I don't know. It, it almost feels like a lot of actual like exposition or maybe even world building maybe got cut out of the film i have no idea i'm just assuming that because it happens a lot in art in the movies here and on the states but um yeah there was a lot of stuff where i was like that wasn't explained or that was a weird cutaway or like that was sudden and shit just kind of happens in the movie you know what i mean like (laughs) like for example uh uh, i'm jumping around because again like i told mike I told Mike, and I'm going to do this a lot, everybody. I jump around, all right? It's just my thing, so just deal with it. If you don't like my voice, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. But I was I was telling Mike before we started recording again, uh, when, we, when we were watching the movie, uh, around the end of it, where uh, 
Mechagodzilla's down and uh, Akane needs to go in and like basically handle Mechagodzilla from the inside. She's trying to find a port to get in. And the first door she goes to, she's like, oh, it's locked. And she finds another one like all the way at top. So she coincidentally, miraculously even, has a grappling hook very similar to what Batman would have in his utility belt and grapple hooks her way up to the door she needs to be in. And I, I don't know if Mike heard me. I was like, I was like, huh, that was strangely co- convenient. Like, why would a pilot have that? You know, like, I don't know. It, um, could, be, it could be standard to have that, you know. You is it though? Know. Is it, it though? You, I mean, think about it. I mean, if you're like in an incident like that, you may, maybe if you're like out of your plane and you want to get out of like the plane or something, you get your grappling hook and you just hook onto something and pull yourself out of it. I don't know. I'm just filling in the holes. It's, and that's another thing too. You're filling in the holes, like like there's one thing between a, a movie trusting its audience and being like, oh, you're a smart audience. Like I gave you enough material for you to fill in the holes, but it's not even like it's just like, eh, you guess her background. We're not telling you. You guess protocol. We're not telling you. You know what I mean? Like it if if like this is just a dumb example, right? But like if the movie would have set up like even if because they had a training montage. Like you see her like doing pull ups and she's running. Mm-hmm. If yep. during that training montage they showed another training montage of like her and every, all the other co pilots, and they're like, "Okay, here's your standard suit, here's your standard helmet, and your standard grappling hooks," like that at least would be like a setup. Like, okay, that's gonna come into play later. You know what I mean? But it's just it's never mentioned in the movie. It's never brought up until conveniently when she needs it, and that's the problem I have with it. It's just. It's just out of the blue. And I, I literally said, like, what what the heck out loud? Like, it just, I don't know. It just, it was, it was so left field for me. It, it felt out of place in the movie to me. So, yeah, the human, ele- the human storyline, the human elements for me, like, there was, there were some parts I enjoyed. I did enjoy how, like, it was like a callback to that first 1954 Godzilla. And they kind of did, like, hold that movie in reverence. And you can kind of tell, like, the tone of that first film. They kind of had it for, like, the first half of this film. Maybe even the first two thirds, I would say. But then eventually, it, it does kind of like completely avoid that serious tone of the 1954 Godzilla and gets really into like a more science fiction, like I guess, like atmosphere. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It's not to say that the first one's believable, but the first one treated the material very believably and very seriously and very dramatically to where it was like, oh, this could happen. You know what I mean? And this movie, not to say that it didn't do it. It didn't do it as well, but I, I would say it didn't do it as well as 1954's Godzilla. The human elements for me were a little, were a little, a little lacking. Uh, that being said, uh, the practicality of all of it, Godzilla looks great in this film. Oh, I love his design. It's so good. I love it. I love the suit. I love how it looks in the daytime, the nighttime, when it's when it's raining, when he's coming out of the water. I'm all for it. And Mecha Godzilla too. Mecha Godzilla at first looked like a legit looked like a giant toy to me. It was like it's a toy. It's literally a toy. But then eventually I kind of I kind of bought into the imagery of it and I was like, I can kind of believe it. I I like the subtlety of like when when Mecha Godzilla's in, actually being controlled, his eyes are yellow. But the minute he becomes kind of like self-aware, his eyes turn red. I really like that. I was like a subtle little like, oh, the humans are no longer in control. This is Mechagodzilla's whatever DNA, echo memories, whatever. It's kind of taking over. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. It's a cool little detail. Yeah, the destruction was awesome. That was so much fun. The miniatures, you can clearly clearly tell that like 
Toho and like that production company just just had a knack for how to make miniatures feel like a real world type of environment. The explosions were fun. The destruction of the models got Mecha Godzilla walking through that building was probably my favorite scene when he's like all wild and stuff. He just casually walks through a building, literally, and then he's like, Oh, battery's out, and he falls asleep. I was yep. like, That's pre that's pretty cool. And yeah, the the humans are a little tropey for sure. There's just like the brother of one of the deceased soldiers from the beginning is just a huge dick. And then he gets redeemed at the end. It was super tropey. Yeah. What else do you have, Mike? I'm just kind of rambling now, so I'm going to throw it back to you. No, it's good. That's good stuff. No, it's interesting how they only do it once, though, is that yeah, the bones and the DNA of the original Godzilla get like triggered because of Godzilla's roar. Mm -hmm. uh, the new Godzilla, that is. <laughs> and he's like, and you see like flashbacks of like the a bomb blowing off and you see the black and white footage of just like Godzilla doing its thing and it just just rampages like you know because that makes sense I mean you would think the bones from you know millions of years ago especially 45 years ago being unearthed and being used to I mean I guess Mecha Godzilla is actually a cyborg more than like an actual robot which mm -hmm. I, I, like I said I understand I understand why they did that for the film. It's like, yeah, connected to the first film. It's it's a great connection. But it's not pure robot. It's it's a cyborg, basically. And I did like that moment where it turned evil just for that brief moment where it just like starts shooting missiles and rockets just everywhere, just decimating the city. Just like holy shit. Like the action, like David said, is just the, the destruction, the the fighting is just oh so good it's always the best in these movies so yeah, good it was legit it was that part was fun yeah i i loved it i loved the destruction of everything i mean who doesn't like who doesn't love a good kaiju movie just just wrecking shit you know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i'm just i'm just going back to the human element of it because the movie i will say i like that the movie starts off like balls to the wall like boom here's godzilla and it's just destruction it's like oh it's 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 typhoon's coming it's like, oh, you thought it was a typhoon? Psych, it's Godzilla. And it's just like, mm. he's just wreaking havoc from the beginning. And it, it does it does a good enough setup for the characters in the movie to have their, oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? The, not their not vendetta, but like, it gives them enough reason to be like, this is why they're doing the things they're doing. And it does set up certain things with the film nicely. I just, I just kind of wish the movie did, better setup if that makes sense for the humans in particular for godzilla mecha godzilla obviously they're the star attraction so obviously they handled that i i honestly think they handled that part beautifully it's just again the human elements there's just there's just some parts to it i was like yeah but then like i also have to consider too like i'm not watching godzilla against mecha godzilla to be like man i hope the stu the human story is is riveting i kind of want i just want to see big monsters destroy shit so um, I guess I can't be too overly cr critical, even though I am. And then also, too, it's just like I'm fresh off 1954's Godzilla, which is like I was left in such awe of that film. So I'm probably holding it up to that standard because it's supposed to be a direct sequel to it. But it's not and it's not I don't know if I can say it's in the same vein as that first one, if that makes sense. Like it's its own kind of thing. Like it's a sequel, but it's not really part of that world. It feels like to me. I don't know what you think. Yeah, it's 
this is probably not the not the greatest idea to go into like watching the original and go into this because mind you there's like a lot of films in between this film and the original film which we did not mm. see yet and there's so much like lore and history that we do not get to witness and i guess this is like a fresh take on you know the world building of godzilla based upon this little timeline so like i said it does its material very well mm-hmm. here's the thing to consider is like you, you sometimes and once we get into it godzilla has like two sides as we get into it there's two sides there's the hero godzilla that actually saves you know the city from you know other monsters mm-hmm. then we got like the villain godzilla where he destroys shit and then you have like other monsters fighting against it in this mm-hmm. case it's we have new godzilla being like the villain of the film and normally you know the last film he was also a villain so mech godzilla in this case is like the hero of this film fighting against new godzilla mm-hmm. and so you kind of see that element of like yeah they're doing good and of course they're trying to destroy it yeah i will say that's why i noticed too our godzilla here in this film is is bad guy Godzilla, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you know, not that I saw all the other films, hence why we're doing this podcast, right? Because we haven't really been super intimate with the films. But it's always been my understanding that Mecha Godzilla was the bad guy. But in this movie, he's the good guy. And Godzilla, the new Godzilla, is the bad guy because he's the one that comes out of nowhere just to, just to terrorize Japan. So their response is to make Mecha Godzilla. Yes, and even then, like Mecha Godzilla kind of terrorizes Japan because it kind of goes haywire for a bit. But eventually, yeah. they figure it out, and he's a good guy at the end of it. Uh, Mike, I'm gonna let you go. I'm gonna give you the honors first, using our wonderful new rating system. And once again, listeners, our rating system is level zero white, level one, which is green, level two, which is yellow, level three, which is orange, level four, which is red. And then level five, which is black. Obviously, the higher the level should be said, the, the higher regard we have for the film. So, Mike, what uh, level, what threat level would you give Godzilla against Mecha Godzilla? So, like we mentioned before, uh, Godzilla 1954 is such a high standard, and there's no way you can actually level it off at black you for this film it has to be lower than that it's not that perfect it doesn't have like a political message to it because at this point we're like in deep in like godzilla franchise where it's just like yep we're just introducing villains and monsters just to destroy shit not like have a message and that especially after the first film it doesn't do that anyways Mm. it's not I would give it, I'm thinking, I would give it a level three. Yeah, I was leaning towards level three myself, actually. I would yeah, give it a, I would give it a level orange. Yeah, orange is definitely like the spot. It's, it's not a code red. It's definitely a, a code orange. Level. Yeah. It's going to be impossible for any other Godzilla film to really reach that level. Because that's just, that's a masterpiece. Honestly, it's a masterpiece. I watched bits and pieces of Godzilla movies when I was a kid. But I, I don't remember from what movie, from what era and whatnot. So I'm trying to come into this as fresh as possible. So I don't want to give it a super low rating. Because it's like, it's like, what if eventually we get down the road? And I would imagine there has to be at least one or two that are way worse than this. And I would have to imagine there's like 
obviously other Godzilla movies that are probably held in higher regard than this. So yeah, I, I feel like middle of the road, level three, teetering towards level two more than level four for me, but a solid, a solid level three. Like I enjoyed it. It was fun. I wasn't particularly enamored with the characters. I wasn't crazy about obviously you heard the problems I had with the human element of it. But um huh. yeah, in terms in terms of like the practical effects, I loved it. I I'm a sucker for practical effects. Destruction was fun. The designs of the of both Godzilla's new Godzilla and Mega Godzilla, I think, were were really, really cool. So yeah, yeah, level three. I agree with that. I'll vote for that. Level three sounds good. Yeah. Uh this is there's a direct sequel to this film, which is the first in the Godzilla franchise, in the Japanese Godzilla franchise, that is. Up next is a 2003 Godzilla Tokyo SOS. So yes, this has been Men Among Monsters. Uh, I did want to also point out the music. It it I don't know who the composer is because I can't read Japanese, but yeah, it, it it gave me Mission Impossible One vibes. The music. Like, there's ah. a, there's a couple of notes and motifs that I heard that I was like, that sounds a lot like the soundtrack from Mission Impossible. Not the soundtrack, I'm sorry. The score from Mission Impossible 1. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just me. It had like, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-
Mega Megaris Megaris. So it's a different one altogether. It's in the same uh, traditional line of Godzilla films, so it has no connection to these two. So uh, if we want to revisit uh, the same director, we'll do that in a future episode. But yeah, so the composer getting off track here from the director the composer also did uh music for full metal alchemist mm-hmm. anime he's done other stuff like there's video game stuff too as well it's actually a prolific uh composer he did the zelda arrangement for twilight princess oh okay yeah he's, he's got some good uh, musical credits so he's got he's got some good good credentials underneath his resume so that's good yeah okay yeah, I mean, I I like the music. It was just it was just honestly giving me Mission Impossible vibes. Specifically the military music. Specifically that. If anyone else he- hears it, please uh, at me. I just hear those intervals and I automatically assume it's another movie and it's like there's only so many intervals we can use in the language that is music. Anyways, that's another discussion for another time. It is. And also, did you notice the Sony product placement? No, I actually did not. <laughs> so the TV that the father scientist was watching is sony and then it was a, sony really yeah and then there's a building with the sony <laughs> logo on it and actually funny enough sony uh tristar actually distributed it american side so uh oh. thank you for that uh, <laughs> cool yeah thanks thank you so much america america hell yeah david b where can people find you oh you can find me at David B Music 21. That's David, the letter B, music, and number 21 on all my socials. And you can find me here every week on Men Amongst Monsters and occasionally on other podcasts with other people. Uh, I'll keep this pretty simple and sweet for you guys. Uh, you can check out this podcast among other podcasts on my network, Project Mix Cast. It's on Anchor. So it's anchor.fm slash Project Mixcast. Also, same handle on Twitter. So follow us on Twitter. At Men Among Monster, without the S. And that's where all the episodes and Godzilla content will be exclusively at. Follow it on Twitter at Men Among Monster. Uh, You can follow me personally at Mike Mixtape. And yeah, I also do a podcast with... uh, with our mutual friend, Sean, which David does pop up as a guest sometimes. It's a Power Rangers podcast called Into the Grid. And uh, we are doing Lightspeed Rescue right now. And it's fun. Yeah. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time when we cover Tokyo SOS on Men Among Monsters. On Ma'am the Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Men Amongst Monsters. I don't want that. Men Among Men Among monsters.